Hello and welcome to another lip sunked episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts, Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds and I have kept it off for about five years and uh, I am here to talk about it. And with me, as always, is the Millie to my vanilla, <laughs> Catherine Weigel. I am uh, here playing the role of weight loss inspiration, uh, hired by big business to act thin. But yeah, I- a lot of people don't know this. We are really just uh, like Donald and Catherine uh, are are the fronts for <laughs> We Only Look Thin. Oh, no, we're the, we're the poster children? We, we are because, because Donald and Catherine are so good looking. We look the way we look yeah, that, on the radio. That they, but there are different people, the people talking right now, who actually provide the voice content of the show. That I don't is know. I'm, so much work. I'm getting confused myself. Uh, uh, we are, we're naming this episode after a Millie Vanilli song. The much maligned Millium and Vanillium. Millium. A lot of people don't realize. Millium and Vanillium are their full names. They're actually the periodic chart toppers <laughs> of the yeah, and 80s uh, and you know they they admitted later that they you know lip sunk on they didn't sing on their albums and they did lip syncing in concert and uh, but does, so does that really matter? I feel like all TikTok is is people lip syncing and people are getting famous for it. I know, but uh, you know, and blame it on the rain is still a bop. A bop. It still slaps. A banger. As the kids say. It's a banger. That's right. All these kids with their, their crazy phrases. No cap and all of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, blame it on the rain. Last week, we did an episode completely about blaming others instead of ourselves. And... Went through a bunch of the reasons why we blame others instead of taking personal responsibility for our parts. Uh, you know, not, not, you know, just in our weight loss and fitness plans, but in all kinds of things. But, you know, of course, this show focuses on, uh, our weight loss and fitness plans. And we talked about something called self serving bias, which is a tendency people have when they succeed at something. They, uh, they credit their own hard work and their own talent. And when they fail at something, they have a tendency to blame outside factors such as luck or the task was just too difficult. And, you know, looking back on it, I spent most of my adult life blaming outside factors for my part in my health and fitness situation. And, you know, not taking my own personal responsibility for being a hundred pounds heavier than I am right now. Oh, completely. And I definitely did the like, it's like the Goldilocks, like it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too late. It's too early. That's too expensive. That won't ever work. Like blaming outside forces makes us victims of our lives. And I definitely was tapping the charts of victimhood. Uh, you weren't singing at your own concerts, but you were tapping the charts I with your victimhood. The charts. Yeah. No, but it felt comfortable to blame outside forces for all of my woes in life instead of looking at my actual choices that I made with my own brain uh, for my life. And it wasn't until my 40s, my 40s. I know that there are people listening here who are younger than that. Um, So I'm telling you that there is still hope. But 
blaming others meant I didn't have to do anything. I was complicit in all of my choices. And when we place outside blame, too hot, too cold, if only I worked at home, if only I worked in an office, if only I didn't have kids, there's somebody out there with the situation you're saying you want who is making it happen. And so today, we are going to personally attack you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's not very nice of us. Well, I don't I don't know why they want that. If they can jeer Millie and Vanilli, uh, this is going to take you down a road. This episode is going to take you down a road to some accountability in your plans for weight loss. Yeah, like I, you said you made decisions with your own brain, and I, I wished for many years that I could make decisions, or, or I even acted like I made decisions with someone else's brain, but, uh, but really, uh, I'm, I'm to blame. We are. But we also can be the beneficiaries of our choices, oh, so yeah. it's not all bad. So I spent decades blaming plans for not working for me, and when we don't take a accountability for our choices and we place blame outward. Like we said on last week's episode, we don't have the opportunity to learn from our mistakes. We just keep thinking that we just haven't found the right plan. And it gives us, when we don't take responsibility, we're getting something out of that. Mostly we feel stuck and we feel frustrated, which is also then why we eat more because why not? Because there's no plan. Um, We see it as proof that we will never lose. We just weren't made for it. And we also have this magical thinking that there is a plan somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight. Yeah. That well, that was a five mouse voice uh, callback. <laughs> yeah, for sure it was. <laughs> oh man, that was a bop. That was another bop. Yeah, I was a little too old for that movie. I think. Oh. I mean, not not that I don't still watch cartoons, but oh, little five. Yeah, he's cute. But we think that we just haven't gotten the right plan. It hasn't been invented yet. We just haven't found it. But when we get there, then it will be easy to lose weight. But until then, I'm going to eat about it and uh, tank up. And then I'll get it all out of my system and then I'll lose weight. But like I said, that is magical thinking. Yeah, if, you know, it it just kept thinking over and over again. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what Catherine just said, but just kept thinking over and over again that, you know, it it wasn't me. There's somewhere there's a plan out there that that is is the right one. It's the magic bullet. It's easy to stick to. And, uh, you, you know, the pounds melt off and they stay off. And, you know, that plan just isn't really out there, like not, not preformed, ready to go. Should we have the episode actually be called plan nine from outer weight? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we shouldn't. (laughs) I don't know. Let's, we can, we can change it later. We'll have to, we'll have to re-record all that Millie Vanilli stuff. It's so bad. I... People ask me what episodes were about, or I look back and I'm like, I don't know what that episode was about. Why do I keep on feeling like I need really well, goofy titles? Well, and I, think, I titles? think we've said this before, but half the time you come up with a title and then we sort of make an episode subject. Yeah, just like kind of fit. Work like, okay, what, what topic, what title could this like topic go with, or what topic could this Shelby title Wolton go with? Shelby Walton Around the Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's about ski vacations. It's about trying to maintain health and fitness on a ski vacation. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I yeah. So you know we're going deep. We're in the fifth year now, sixth year. So we could, we're we're going to hit all of the the great hits from your your kid kindergarten class song 
book. So sure, the <laughs> the Millie Vanilli in the kindergarten songbook, which is a thing. I'll be waltzing around the railroad. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> you don't waltz around the railroad. You'll be waltzing on Walton the railroad. On the railroad, the which is an episode about uh, travel and how to <laughs> train pre- travel prepare yeah. specifically for train travel <laughs> on your health. We and have fitness so many train ho- train travelers on this. The boxcar children. Well, um, it's just, you know train travel is enjoying a resurgence in <laughs> 2023 so says me off the top sure, of sure why not with no evidence we actually do ride a lot of trains like if you look through our photos yeah we have been on many train adventures uh, but they're mostly not for travel more for leisure train i would like to suggest however that this train has gone off the rails <laughs> <laughs> and we should probably get back on Fine. track. See what I did there? Back on track. And yeah, back the onto the journey venture. You want to yeah. stay uh, inside the box. Absolutely. So, uh, so if you're still listening, hello and thank you. Um, so the big question here is, do you find yourself wanting to quit your weight loss journey venture? Oh, uh, yeah. That do, happened to me all the time. Do you keep blaming the plan for not working for you? Well, sure. I sure did, as we said earlier. Um, but I'm not going to sing any more songs for you. So this next part, the helpful part of this episode <laughs> is as follows. We are going to present you with some questions that you might want to ask yourself before quitting a plan. And we're not talking about weight loss pills or shake meal shake, like troubling uh, dieting situations. We're talking about actual like Weight Watchers, tracking calories, kind of big picture. Uh, We agree that reducing your calorie intake leads to caloric weight loss. So we're, we're starting from that point. But when you're following a particular plan and you're getting discouraged, yeah. um, these are some questions to ask yourself while going through it to actually make it your own. We don't learn from setbacks unless we take accountability for modifying them to better suit our needs. Yeah, we don't learn from just throwing our hands up and saying there's nothing we can do. Like, like that is such a tempting thing to do, and I did it many times throughout my life, but that's not how we learn and grow, and that's, grow, and that's not how we actually accomplish our goals. Right, so uh, the first question, the big question to ask, is when you say the, the plan doesn't work, the question, the call and repeat is, well, what doesn't work? Like, get very specific, because when we just say the entire thing doesn't work, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to really break it down into its components and figure out what about it doesn't work for you. So, for example, if you say it's too restrictive, like, I just feel restricted. Okay, well, what is restrictive? Is it the kinds of foods that you can eat? Is it the amount of food? Really dig deep into figuring out what doesn't work. And another example in that is if a workout plan is too restrictive or it's too intense, you could ask yourself, how could I make that easier for me to do? How could I reduce the frequency, intensity, duration? Um, Really getting specific and making it work for yourself is much more empowering than just throwing everything out. Yeah, and and maybe you're saying to yourself, like, the methods involved in this plan are just too confusing. Like, I just, I don't understand. I can't follow what to do. But perhaps you need to ask yourself, are you just getting lost in the weeds? Are are you trying to agonize over, you know, the really, you know, sort of granular nature of your plan? Or 
Uh, you know, are you just failing to look at the big picture? And, you know, you might also be saying to yourself, I'm just not losing weight fast enough. And so the question to ask yourself is like, why is slow bad? Like, you know, I've, I say this over and over again, like fast enough for what, you know, if, if you're losing at all, that's a whole lot better than gaining or, right. or even staying the same. If, you know, if, if you expect to lose five pounds a week and you end up at a half a pound a week, like a half a pound a week over the course of a year is a really significant amount of weight loss. And over the course of five years is, is a crazy amount of weight loss. And what's the alternative, you know, to, to, you know, too slow, you know, is, it's that you, you just stop and you gain back again. Is that going to, to, you know, to, you know, help you be healthier and happier? Like, I don't think so. It certainly never helped me. Well, and for me, I got to that point where I would be successful, quote unquote, on a plan and just see it. My success meant I was losing weight. That was the only metric that I had. Right. And when I was good, for six weeks and then gained for no reason at all, I would get angry, I would quit, and then I would revenge gain weight back because I'm just going to teach this plan a lesson. See, it doesn't work for me. And just saying like you were good for six weeks really makes me cringe at this point. Uh, I know. Like, no, me too. Yeah. Well, and back to that like confusing method thing. I remember being on Weight Watchers and they suggested having like two teaspoons of oil a day, like to make sure that you were getting your fats, but it it was like, it counted as one or two points. And I was like, well, why should I have that? Like, well, I can't even do the whole thing. If, I, if I've got to have those, then I don't have enough points for other things. And that's not going to be filling. And why should I drink water? And what, like getting really lost in the weeds, like Donald said, of the minutiae doesn't take the big picture into account. Even with like, oh, no, well, my tracker says this is five points, but it's actually six points. Ah, like, this is madness. Well, and people all the time, you know, point to, you know, labels can be up to 20% wrong when it comes to calorie counts. And, you know, my my fitness tracker can be up to 20% off when it's counting my steps or when, you know, that that is completely ignoring the point of, of you find a baseline and you stick to it. And... If it turns out that that you're not losing, then you change something, and you don't. It doesn't matter that it might be twenty percent off. What matters is that that you consistently are are measuring it. Right. So, and this is something that really hit me quite often was not liking the food on a plan. If someone hands you a piece of paper with a Monday through Sunday. Look at all of the foods that you should be eating. You yeah. should have different foods every single day, different vegetables, cottage cheese. I would see cottage cheese on a plan and just be like, well, I'm out. Like, obviously, I can't lose weight instead of stepping back and going, well, what could I swap out? What do I actually like to eat? This plan is suggesting that I have, you know, make three meals a day, seven days a week, all with different foods. And for me, I like simplicity. I'm a creature of habit. If I can make something stretch for two or three days, I will do it. And it's okay to modify a plan to eat food that you actually like. But I spent so much time focusing on what I hated about something instead of what I could pull from it to work into my dream venture. Yeah, or, or people, you know, might say you can only lose weight if you're eating raw, fresh vegetables, you yeah. know. And look, I've been a vegetarian for over 30 years. I don't 
particularly love raw fresh vegetables. <laughs> like, like that's that's not my jam. You know, I I I will eat a lot of vegetables, but if I if I can only lose weight eating raw fresh vegetables, then then I'm just out also. And obviously that isn't true. Like you don't have to be slavish to to a particular, you know, food in order to achieve your weight loss and fitness goals. Well, and two, there are people that I know who hate vegetables and lose weight. Vegetarians, vegans, any diet or any, you know, diet uh, lifestyle that you live can be accommodated for weight loss. I used to think, like Don said, Oh, well, if only I liked celery, it takes more calories to eat it than it does to burn it or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't like celery, so what am I going to do? We, again, go into that victim mentality. See, this wasn't meant for me. But when we actually make lists of things that we do like, we're empowering ourselves to work within that system. Well, tell me, I'm a picky eater. How can I lose weight? Okay, well... That gets down to calories. All right, I'm going off on a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so if you don't like the food, what food do you like? And then the next question is, do you feel like this isn't the right time for a particular plan? Something that you might have done in your early 20s when maybe you still lived at home, you didn't have a job, you didn't have you know, the responsibilities that you have. Something that might have worked 20, 30, 30 years ago. Sorry, that was my, that was my sly cough. Yeah, um, very 20, sly. Yeah. No one even noticed. 20 years ago was definitely the 1980s. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But something that might have worked before might not fit your lifestyle now. And that is okay. But what can you take from it and learn and integrate into your life now? So for example, now we're going to get into some actual plans because we've been talking generically about just some things to think about. We're going to break down two different plans. Uh, I'm going to hit you with some Weight Watchers. So again, I thought Weight Watchers didn't work. I thought I was a failure. I just didn't have enough grit or motivation or willpower to stick to Weight Watchers. What I had was a quitting problem and feeling like I owed Weight Watchers points. Like if I didn't stick to the right. points, obviously I was broken. So what about Weight Watchers doesn't work? Does it leave you feeling hungry? Is it too few points? Is there too much of a penalty? Do you feel like there's a penalty for eating sweet foods or, you know, high point foods? How could you adapt that? I co-tracked calories and Weight Watcher points uh, a couple of years ago, and I found that I was eating only about 900 calories and running out of points. No wonder I was hungry because the kinds of food that I was eating were highly penalized. Yeah. But I know someone, a friend, let's say, who <laughs> almost... <laughs> we all know you have no friends. <laughs> uh, um, who almost doubled their points each day. She would have like 20, 25 extra points a day. And guess what? She lost 100 pounds because she didn't keep quitting when she overate. And sure, it was slow, but it was consistent. And knowing that you can take responsibility and modify a program to make it work for you really does matter. And another thing with Weight Watchers and any plan was I would quit after six weeks that first time I saw a gain on the scale. Not I was just about to bring that oh. exact same point up. But, That's exactly what I used to do. But 
But in this last time during venture, I actually said, what would happen if I pushed through this plateau? What would happen if I just kept going even after I gained weight? And I gained weight, what, 10, 20 times while I was losing 100 pounds because I just kept pushing through those unfair gains. Yeah. And and I would do that exact same thing. You know, the, the, the second that I didn't lose weight during a week when I was following the plan. Oh, plan doesn't work. I guess I should just quit and and move on. But another, uh, another plan is maybe you say to yourself, well, calorie counting just doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, like other people do it, but like that, that doesn't work. But perhaps when you've done it before, you, you haven't really done it to the extent that you think you have you know are you really you know tracking everything that you're eating are you really you know weighing and measuring everything are you are you you know tracking monday through friday and then the weekends you're just eating whatever you want like really ask yourself if you've actually done the work and put in the time and and done it you know it, you're really doing everything right uh, before you, you know, decide that that just doesn't work for you. Well, for sure. And I know people who track accurately until they go off their plan and then they don't track at all and right. then say that calorie tracking doesn't work. And there's obviously hundreds of episodes of We Only Look Thin that you can listen to for more uh, advice on tracking more accurately. But when we limit ourselves and just say something doesn't work, what we might need to do is say, what work am I not doing? What effort am I not ready to put in? And that is not necessarily a negative. Having boundaries around what is acceptable to you really matters. And the more we can cultivate and create a patchwork plan for ourselves. That sounded really 1970s. I imagine like a, a holly hobby dress. That was not a good look. It looked like Laura Ingalls Wilder. Yeah. But the more we can cobble together a plan that specifically works for us, in the last five years, that is what we have done. We do not do the same things. We don't eat at the same times. We don't eat the same foods. And it helps us independently support one another, but not say, well, if only I could do what Donald was, then I could lose weight. I am taking responsibility for my own plan, taking elements of Weight Watchers, Atkins, calorie tracking, and modifying my activity in a way that is making it sustainable for me. Yeah, and I really realized I looked out across the internet, et cetera, and discovered that most of the sort of sane sounding experts all said you have to burn more calories than you eat. And so I, at a certain point, uh, seven years ago, said to myself, well, how am I going to do that? Is are are any of these things that I've done in the past have they have they worked for me when I've tried that and I like Catherine just said I took little bits and pieces from other plans but I also you know I had to make the Donald Weigel plan like the plan that was going to work for me and that I could end up sticking to and I had to let go of a lot of ideas I had that I was stuck on like that I had to be on a real diet in air quotes that I had to do real in air quotes exercise. Like when I, when I figured out that walking burns calories and that counts as exercise and I didn't hate doing it and I could just keep doing that. And I didn't necessarily have 
to do any other of these exercises that I hated in order to um, lose weight and to uh, be, you know, achieve my health and fitness goals. That was a huge revelation to me. And letting go of the idea of like being good or being yeah. bad on a plan or or letting go of good foods and bad foods and realizing that, you know, I could eat the foods that I liked and be within my calories and stay on a plan and actually enjoy food that I was eating instead of, you know, white knuckling it and eating all of these things that I didn't like. That is how I eventually achieved my my goal. Yeah. And getting away from, you know, as we ask all of these questions about, you know, what isn't working, how could you modify, um, what minutia could you let go of, minutia, minutia, yes. um, you know, part of the tiny habits method of establishing new habits or or putting, you know, understanding why something isn't working is really digging deep to see what is getting in the way of what you say you want, and then taking small steps to point yourself in the right direction. What effort, what additional effort would you be willing to give to the cause of your health? I am not someone who you know, is here to track calories and get streaks for, you know, the most numbers of days tracked. I am a person who is working on having a fit and healthy lifestyle. And part of the annoying thing about being an adult is taking responsibility for your choices and modifying and testing to see what works in what season of your life. And again, you know, for 20, 30 years, I don't remember how many years, I just blamed programs for not working for me. Yep. We are not employees of Weight Watchers. We are not employees of MyFitnessPal. They are working for us. And being able to take portions and parts of things and adapt them to fit our actual needs and the things that we like to do is so empowering. And the bad news and the good news is it takes more effort. There is not going to be one thing out there that works for all of us, but that gives us the opportunity to really analyze our lives, take proactive action, try things out, and adjust and adapt as needed. We are capable of doing hard things, and it is good for our brains to work on the effort of being fit people. And if we can do it, we know that you can do it too. Absolutely. And uh, that means that we have finished lip syncing or lip, <laughs> lip, is it lip synced or lip sunk this episode? Sink, sank, sunk. Sink, sank, sunk. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. It's probably on Grammarly. Um, but thank you so much for putting in the effort to listen to this podcast. We are truly grateful to all of you. And you can still find all of our podcasts on all of the major podcast platforms and also anytime on our website at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click on that link for join our support group. To find out more about Walt's Place, We Only Look Thin Place is a Facebook-based accountability group for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a safe space for accountability, check-ins. We do Zoom meetings weekly, and just a place to be super honest about our successes and our setbacks. And 
being with people who are like-minded really does matter in all of this. We focus so much on growth mindset and adapting. Uh, so it is a great place to be. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Absolutely. And uh, you know, while you're trying to figure out the, the plan for you, uh, or even if you have figured out the plan for you, you know, it is a great place to get support and, and bounce ideas off of other people and really learn and, and grow and modify what you're doing. Um, and you can also interact with us uh, on other forms of social media at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can send us an email. Uh, you can reach us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, and we enjoy getting episode suggestions. We enjoy questions. And also, we really enjoy compliments. So if you'd like to reach out to us that way, we would be grateful. Yep. And it might take me a few minutes to get back to you, but uh, hang in there because... I will do it. I have a growth mindset, and That's I know right. I will do it. Um, but speaking of, uh, of of sending compliments our way, if you could head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Not only does it let us know that what we're doing week after week, year after year, is making a difference in your life, but it also helps other people find our podcast when they are looking for podcasts that talk about Millie Vanilli. Absolutely. The Millie Vanilli Podcast Network. Uh, if you <laughs> recommend this show, we might get on it. Um, and another th great thing you can do is if you're talking to a Millie Vanilli fan and you just mentioned <laughs> our show, uh, they might uh, want to listen to it. But word of mouth is one of the best ways uh, in which the show grows. Uh, people value your opinion. So if you tell them about our show, they will uh, probably check it out. Um, if you're face-to-face -face with somebody or uh, on a group online, Facebook group, a, um, a Reddit group, something like that, um, Discord, uh, and you know the subject comes up, if you could give us a shout-out, we would appreciate it. Yeah, we really do uh, appreciate everyone on Reddit and on Facebook who have uh, who've given us shout-outs. So thank you one and all. Thank you. So if you're still trying to draw a connection between how we fit Millie Vanilli and Holly Hobby into the same <laughs> podcast, just remember that Donald and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. Girl, you know it's true. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>